show where we subject Gossip Girl and Glee to a level of scrutiny that they definitely deserve, except not weekly and no longer Glee. Um, wow, that's a really great plan, Matt, um, <laughs> of, of jumping right into the analysis and not spending a lot of time explaining what we're doing and who we are. I'm Ryan Shealy, here to talk to you about Gossip Girl uh, weekly with my friend Matt Rather. Hey, what's going on? That's that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you Ryan for correcting my hosting there. I'm I'm always grateful for your input for uh your many paragraphs. The the long time that you spend with my papers. I'm very uh, I'm very grateful for all of that. Well, and I'm grateful for everything that you do, Matt. Um uh you know, all of the emails that I get from you that are like episode this week. Uh hey, douchebag, uh when are we recording? Um you know, and also, I'm also really grateful for all the reminders to turn off my uh, my out of office message when I'm on vacation uh, or or doing doing field work in Africa. Uh, I really am so grateful because I didn't realize I had the uh, the out of office responder on, uh, and so I I really I appreciate you, um, and we. Audience, we appreciate you. Thank, thank you, thank you for your appreciation. I, I'm doing a podcast right now and can't respond to your appreciation for at least two weeks. I'll respond to your appreciation around about November fifteenth, twenty uh, twenty eleven. Thanks. That's good. I mean, I, I think if we had too much reciprocated appreciation right now, it just would be – it would not be the, the TFT podcast. No, but it absolutely. Is. Yeah, it, it is the TFT podcast. Uh, and so we have our, we have our uh, you know, sort of uh, quasi-gay, um, you know, uh, friendly joshing of one another. Hey, Ryan, how about that Gossip Girl? <laughs> I like how you need to, like, you know, motivate talking about Gossip Girl. Like, it, it's just interesting that, that – that, both like joshing and talking about gossip girl is quasi gay as, as if like you know the 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 listeners are not drawing these connections um uh themselves um quasi gay uh, like the uh, like the composite character of nate and uh and serena's little brother eric right <laughs> yeah um I mean, I think we've talked about it. I mean, I think the right word. I actually, I don't think that that's the right term, right? It's a term that we've talked about a lot here. Is is homosocial, right? Um, you know that we're just we're just two bros talking about Gossip Girl, and that's that's what this is. Um, and so, you know, we're just a couple of bros who who like Gossip Girl, and that's why this exists in the first place. Um, and so, yeah, I think that where we are in the world of Gossip Girl is, um, as you say, uh, uh, Dan's book. Dan's tell-all book, uh, Inside, about, uh, about the world of Gossip Girl has come out, um, and nobody is happy about their portrayal in it. Um, uh, and, and Nate is, is upset about being conf- conflated with Eric, um, and, and being made, um, being made gay. Which, 
Which really just means that, I mean, it's odd, though. It just means that Nate really isn't in the book, right? There's a few, you know, in the episode where the book was introduced, yeah. um, there's several cutaways, right? There's several, like, of these. Um, they, they have the, the slightly different lighting and yeah, music. They're all, yeah, they're all kind of 1940s style, don't you? They're kind of like colorized films noir, right? Like- yeah, 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 yeah. It looks, it looks a lot like Blair's Dreams, um, sure. as a matter of fact, right? That, um, and, and so... Um, and 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 there's one uh, one of those in which Nate is there, um, and that's kind of when we learn that his character is, is written as gay. But it's, uh, it's odd. I mean, I don't think that I would read that because it's, it's 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 in some ways the cut away is back to Lily reading it, and she's like laughing and saying, "Oh, they you know he kind of made you gay." And and I feel like that doesn't make sense because like I think Lily would read the the gay character Derek, who right. is uh, that's Eric, right? Yeah, it's like like I mean I think that's interesting itself. Of like Lily is such a bad mother that she cannot actually recognize the character that's based on her son. Right. <laughs> and um, she, and so, she is a bad. I mean, she is a catastrophically bad mother. You know. Um. Yeah, but she's done her time, dude. Like, <laughs> she paid it, her debt to society. She paid her debt to society. That's a victimless crime. Um, <laughs> motherhood. Yeah, motherhood. I don't know, some children I know might dispute that. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, I mean, when you're when you're a Rhodes woman, you know, Rhodes women <laughs> stick together. Um, did you know that? Did you know that Rhodes women stick together? I've heard it uh, once or, or uh, half a dozen times. Man, we have so much to talk about. I know. I don't. I, it's kind of like how do you eat an elephant, you know? But uh, I, I think I think we just shout out like free associatively shout out the things about Gossip Girl that come to mind, inspired by the previous thing the other person has shouted out. Ryan, Ryan, I don't recognize you as the co-host of this podcast. It's too bad because I do not recognize you first. <laughs> I was watching that episode with my girlfriend and. Um, and she said, are they just making up monarchy rules as they go along? And, and yes, indeed, they are making up monarchy rules as they go along. I know. It, it, it really um, – it, it's, it's very interesting, right, that um, it's, it's an interesting contrast to a show that I believe we've talked about a little bit uh, on here and actually was referenced in Gossip Girl, which is Downton Abbey, sure. uh, the, the uh, British show um, that gets – rebroadcast on um, PBS and is also available um, after season runs end on Netflix, uh, which is ultimately about, um, at least in season one, is about a inheritance dispute in a um, aristocratic uh, British family in what? That's like Edwardian England um, or... Yeah, um, sure. It's, uh, yeah, post-Victorian, George- yeah, post-Victorian pre-World War One, right? Yeah, I guess it's kind of, I guess it's maybe not even Edwardian. It's kind of like King's Speech time, right? Sure. Um, um, yeah, and, and, and that is, it's like the wire of like arcane, like social rules around like inheritance of property and title, right? right. Um, but then also, and, I mean, also around, it, it does something that, that Gossip Girl does at its best, which is establish a kind of fully realized social world with very strict, um, 
very strict rules. You know, there's there's actually in season two, episode one of Downton Abbey, there's a uh, there's a great scene um, in which one character is uh, is trying to put on a brave face about something in front of her family, but then her mother's and sister her mother and sisters go out of the room and uh, in front of the maid, in front of the lady's maid, she can like break down and cry about this thing that uh, you know um, uh, you get to be you're like two different people. One for one is your kind of public social face, yeah. even even to your family, which is uh, you know. Uh, one would assume would be not like society would be like your intimates, but your actual intimates are the servants whom you employ and who kind of take on your, you know, I, who kind of take on your uh, concerns as their own, which is a, a, a theme of Downton Abbey and also of Gosford Park, which was written by the, the same writer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and season two of Downton Abbey is playing in in uh, Britain right now. You can get it on the waffles. It won't play in uh, it won't play in the United States until January, I think. Wow. Yeah, and and you know, it's not that we recommend the waffles, Absolutely but it's not. It, but it's there. If you know, you know, if if the waffles just kind of happen to wind up on your computer, you know, don't push don't push it out. You know, just just let it just let the Downton Abbey flow. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think that this. I mean, this this kind of nature of I mean of the public and private sphere and public and private selves uh, is is interesting. Um, in this season of of Gossip Girl, and I think there's a few. Uh, let me try to think of where the the kind of as, as you were describing that element of 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 um, of Downton Abbey, I felt like there's um, some some resonance. Um, in part, um, I think there's two potential lines of discussion. One is kind of about um, the the intersection of a monarchy and what is an actual monarchy with the the social world that's constructed um, in, uh, in in Gossip Girl uh, that's kind of well established um, and and it's it's odd in that and so there's that and then a second is about kind of these various degrees of of publicness um, and and I think that um, you know Gossip Girl often has lots of these problems of hidden information, hidden motivation. Um, and I think that there's, there's lots of um, versions of that that are going on right now that, concerning Blair's pregnancy, uh, concerning, uh, and concerning Charlie, and concerning um, Elizabeth Hurley's character. Right? So that there's, and and those, are, those are a lot of the big uh, talking points um, that are, are playing with that kind of interplay between the public and private self in interesting ways right now. And so we should probably uh, return to that. Yeah. Well, I, th- I mean, I think that we should like the, the, the revelation of information, the kind of withholding or revelation of information is always a huge point in gossip girl. Right. Um, who knows what, when, how they, you know, how they have found it out. What was the motive for, for, uh, telling, telling those things. And, um, there was a, there was a little kind of reference, cultural reference to deadline.com, which is a site edited by a woman named Nikki Fink, uh, that covers that sort of brought the, uh, brought the kind of down and dirty like tech crunch sort of blog scoop mentality to uh, Hollywood to entertainment journalism right and so you know she came in or she was quicker to press you know she was fa- she was faster she moved faster uh, she was not part of the establishment the way like a lot of the critics or editors at you know variety uh, were um, and so you know over the last 
uh, what three or four years has kind of had this this meteoric uh, rise as a uh, as a kind of gossip girl, all, you know, always. Um, you know, always like scooping the major trade publications and always like uh, and, and always kind of with a, a slightly snarky uh, bent to her site, Deadline.com, which, you know, I don't know, which I recommend you, you read. Right. Like a lot of it is is dry stuff like, you know, media rights, capital marketing VP promoted to, you know, senior vice president of blah, 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 you know what I mean? Foreign sales or something like that. But um, you, you get a sense that there is a kind of there is a kind of curious moralism w- w- uh, in it and and she can't stand being uh being lied to or being played uh by her sources and will you know will like go on these these personal vendettas uh against people sort of reminds me of Perez Hilton a little uh mm. sort mm. of reminds me of 4chan in in a, mm. a mm. to a certain extent right like there seems to be in uh, deeply embedded in this um in this uh, very fast-paced internet discourse, uh, seems to be th- this this curious reactionary moralism, right? Where uh, where sort of hypocrisy is punished, and uh, there's a very simplistic sense of of I don't know of um, uh, right and wrong, right? Well, yeah, and I think we see this in a very very interesting way in the um, in the most recent episode. Um, uh, of Gossip Girl, uh, which is the 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 fasting and the furious, right? right. And um, and it's it's in one of the first scenes where um, the New York Observer is about to go live, uh, publishing the stories that were based no, the on York, the, the Observer is the real or, one, isn't it? The Spectator, oh, right. yeah. or something like Spectator. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Watchmen, <laughs> who who spectates the spectators? Um, yeah, sorry, the Spectator. Uh, obviously, that indicates that the name's stupid. If I can't remember it, right. um, yeah, if, that may not even be it. Anyway, but but yeah, I think it is right, the spectator. On. Yeah, it is the spectator. Um, um, which is actually, we should reflect on that. That's an interesting the choice of name sure. uh, for this uh, for this for, for what they're doing. But the spectator is about to go live, and there's immediately a gossip girl blast that um, that basically outs that they stole people's phones. Um, and and got used the stolen phones to get stories, um, and so they had to pull the plug, right? So Gossip Girl kind of says like something to the effect of uh, imitations the sincerest form of flattery, but like this, you know, an upstart uh, website or competitor or something. I think they, I think Gossip Girl calls her like at one point either Gossip Girl implicitly refers to the Spectator as her competitor, or like um, certainly. Um, uh, Elizabeth Hurley's character uh, refers to Gossip Girl as competition, yeah. and there's this, but there's this kind of um, uh, Gossip Girl definitely takes action of, of, of fires like a first shot against this publication, and I'm almost certain it's not the last. Uh-huh. Like I, I think that this is going to be an escalating line. Is this tension between um, you know the anonymous and and like you say, kind of oddly moral Gossip Girl, and this kind of much more you know, public and open um, media publication, right? That is that is trying to take what Gossip Girl is and commercialize it. Um, right, because we, we, we talked about this a little bit, like how does Gossip Girl monetize her site? You know what I mean? And, right. and she, uh, she probably doesn't, you know what I mean? It's probably right. like a, a Tumblr, you know, uh, that, that she operates for free. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm very curious though, but then, then why, 
would Gossip Girl be threatened by the rise of the spectator? Like, why would, why would, like, so I think this is the interesting question is like, if Gossip Girl, like, does not have a revenue stream, this is like, um, so, but even that doesn't, so I guess there's one way to view this is that Gossip Girl is a Upper East Sider, right? Is someone of this society and is independently wealthy and so just sits at her, like, command station all day, um, doing this. Um, or is possibly there's no one gossip girl, um, you know, that, that, that it is actually something like anonymous, um, uh, that, that, that kind of, uh, that, that, that manages this. Um, but that, you know, that somehow it like, you know, the time, because like, even though the, like the hosting, I, lo- I love how, when I asked you what g- uh, gossip girls, um, revenue stream is like, you immediately went to the things that, why we need a revenue stream for overthinking it.com. Uh, <laughs> and not even to like the opportunity cost of time, right? Cause gossip girl is always on call, like, sure. you know, and, and is always, always there. And so that, that at the very least there is a, you know, one would assume there's some kind of opportunity cost of time. Like sure, this those, is those like you know those witty bonmots don't just like write themselves. You know what I mean? It it takes a lot of work to have that Oscar Wilde in her that kind of like Anthony Lane esque you know way of just tossing off witticisms. You know, like Pearl's cast before Swine. Well, it looks like Blair's getting her just the desserts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I guess that's a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, man. Yeah, it totally doesn't write itself, um, <laughs> but just barely not. Um, but I mean, I, but I think I think what you're pointing to is that th- there is another kind of capital, uh, right? That it that it that Gossip Girl traffics in, mm-hmm. and that and that. Uh, Insofar as Gossip Girl is threatened by um, by this, because Gossip Girl like comes out of the comes out of the world of the Upper East Side, right? Uh, Go- right. Gossip Girl presumably went to Constance, right? And right. presumably, though, when they were all there in the graduation, there was a Gossip Girl blast, and you know we don't know how that happened, but um, I wonder, has uh, listeners, have you read the books? I mean, does um. Do they do do they do something about this in the books where it's uh, uh, do they do something about this in the books where Gossip Girl is eventually uh, revealed? Because like before, Gossip Girl had been yeah. uh, kind of an uh, like an embodiment of the will the will of information mm-hmm. uh, to out. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. now making her an actor in you know um, in a political struggle is. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But I think I think you're right that I mean that's I think that's exactly where my thoughts are going as well. Is that this is the plot line? I mean, where I see this playing out um, is it's becoming the most like. Um, it's becoming the most like this. So there is a season two plot. I believe maybe it was at the same time as their graduation where they try to get Gossip Girl, right? There's a time where they try to find Gossip Girl. Um, and it's kind of like Gossip Girl is everybody, right? Like It's like Gossip Girl is like just kind of in many ways invisible and, and is impossible to find. But I think that this plot line of starting to begin, as you say, a political struggle um, – with with Elizabeth Hurley's character, with the spectator, um, is it may potentially reveal 
um, something about Gossip Girl. Maybe not, but I, I mean, I, I agree that there's, you know, I'm I'm interested in if we ever do a rewatch, kind of looking. It's it's that. It's interesting is that even, you know, we're what now five seasons in and even by the even at the time of the first season, um, all that time ago, Gospel Girl was an established fact, right? Gospel Girl was was a social fact, was an institution um, even at that time. Um, And and it seemed that it was already somehow a robust thing. Um, And we don't really know um, where where the website came from. Um, I uh, or kind of how it started. Right. That and and. And 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 that kind of backstory is not something that we've ever gotten, and so it's very interesting that this plot line kind of raises that into question. Um, and and um, I mean, I, I don't know that they will. I, I don't I don't see how they can't go in that direction because they are they are establishing Gossip Girl and the Spectator to be on a collision course, and um, you know. Obviously, Gossip Girl will prevail, but like, because um, the show's not called New York Spectator. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, unless it like becomes like catab- cataclysmic and world ending, which I would not mind. And I mean, the, the, I, I love Gossip Girl, but like, and I sometimes like think shows need this kind of cleansing fire, you know, to, to kind of, um, reconfigure the world. Um, and I don't think Gossip Girl is, Gossip Girl is not in that model. Like it, Gossip Girl is not really one for world shifts, um, in the way that like that the wire was, um, uh, of, of every season was ultimately about something else or added another element. Um, and I actually think that, uh, later on, um, uh, Friday Night Lights is also um, is about that, and uh, at some point I'd love to do a few uh, TFT episodes about Friday Night Lights because there are teenagers and they are most definitely fucking, um, <laughs> and so criteria met. But in all seriousness, I think that uh, um, you know in the first season, uh, Friday Night Lights kind of plays like. Uh, gossip girl in texas with football um and by season three becomes kind of uh the wire of teenage soap operas um and is is that good um and so and 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 i think that part of how it did that is that it was um it it let its main characters um its teenagers go away (laughs) um you know that it kept some around some people hung around and filtered in and out of the lives of people um but eventually it 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 shared and shifted focus um till till the last season the people who are the main characters and the main teenage protagonists are none of the same people who are the main teenage protagonists uh in season one which is you know we're now the same number of seasons into gossip girl as friday night lights ran for its whole run and we still have the same group of people um that's, you know i mean that's the god it's such a it's such a tricky thing right like yeah. narratives do well at sort of crucial liminal times of life because you know re, a lot of the times narratives are about a transition a world that's that's in stasis and and yeah. is sort of intruded into and the kind of reestablishment of a new equilibrium is the mm-hmm. the movement of of the narrative at the kind of the highest level of, of abstract abstraction and that happens very well at in like adolescence or at the beginning of a love affair kind of up to marriage or you know in great like sweeping times of sweeping historical change you know like that, that's why there's so many good like russian revolution movies you know what i mean or um 
or that's why like the last emperor Bertolucci's the last emperor is a great subject for a movie. <laughs> wait wait what are all the good russian revolution movies <laughs> i just want to dial that one back a little bit like i was like i was not in i was like yeah totally totally like wait what well, <laughs> a lot of them aren't uh, uh a lot of them aren't oh you american. probably haven't heard of them so <laughs> a lot of them aren't american movies but um isn't Zhivago? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For example, and um, that's that's one. <laughs> uh, Russian Ark is mm. that? Or maybe I'm getting the the time period wrong. I don't know. Russia seems like it's always in the middle of a revolution, though. You know. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always a revolution. You it's know what? all fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you yeah. for calling my goddamn for calling my goddamn <laughs> overstatement of my otherwise totally valid point. <laughs> was it the point that there's a man? I, I, I think that's pretty central to your point. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 all of the great. Okay, we we can change it. it. It's it's there's all of the great French Revolution movies like, um, uh, oh, huh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Yes. Any number of uh any number of things about uh Dr. Zhivago, Potemkin, Anastasia, uh you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten Days That Shook the World, Reds with Warren Beatty, uh, you know. No no no. I think that yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm I'm just um being a douchebag um but no 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 i think that now you were saying googling movies about the russian revolution i'm also googling fuck you but right so um this is this is when (laughs) this is when narratives do well at times of kind of personal or social uh disequilibrium that then restores a new a new equilibrium and um and tv's shows do well with an equilibrium that is disturbed on a very small scale, but re- kind of returns like the bar is the same in Cheers at the end of every episode. You know what I mean? And you right. can get you can this get very what, meta and, about yeah. it, like The Simpsons does, right? Or uh, Community. Uh, sure. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, you know, but uh, this is the kind of thing that's successful as a as a television show that's planned as being uh, that's planned as being open ended. I mean, I think the good thing about The Wire is that the whole the whole season was kind of plotted each one, you know what I mean? And like, it could have ended really at any point at the end of any se- at the end yeah. of any season. Yeah. 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 Well, and it have th- ended after season four, but no, but never mind. No, no, no. I, I agree. Well, but I think that season, um, if I remember correctly, season five was in the writer's strike shortened season. Um, uh, and I feel that may have affected, uh, some aspects of, that the one, um, it's the one thing from the wire, and I mean, I really am nitpicking now, but it's the one thing the fake serial killer plot in the wire, yeah, was the one thing that just kind of stretched credulity yeah. a little bit. And it was by Gossip Girl standards, it was like fucking reportage, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, it was yeah, like a yeah, documentary yeah. film, but they'd established s- uh, such a credible world, uh, you know what I mean? That it, it just yeah. seemed a little whimsical. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Is and uh, Friday Night Lights has one of those as well. Um, what, how far along are you in Friday Night Lights? Uh, first season. Don't don't tell me anything. 
if so if there's so there's this there's this plot line where Tyra and Landry kill a dude um, and and it is like it is so god awful. <laughs> Wait, they, they actually kill a dude or they kill a dude like Serena kills a dude? No, no this is very interesting. This is not a huge spoiler because it really, like, goes away. Um, so they kind of gossip girl it. But, like, in the very beginning of season two, like, I mean, I remember, like, we were, were watching it and then I, like, Rachel and I were watching this and... Um, we, we kind of finished season one and she pushed forward into season two and she goes, Oh my God, they actually like went where gossip girl could not go. Um, <laughs> which was, uh, uh, was, was, was murder. Um, and it, it was a huge mistake. It was, it really was the homeless, the homeless serial, the homeless killer of, of Friday night lights. Um, uh, because it, it was just, it was heightening to, a, it, it, it and especially cause this was the first episode of season two, the, it heightened too soon. Like, um, and, uh, and, and so it's not, it's, it's not a major spoiler cause it really, it goes away. Um, uh, but it's, 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 it's part of why season two is the worst season of Friday night lights. Yeah. Um, but the, but the point is, is that after season, and that was also their strike shortened season, interestingly. Um, well then, but then, then they've gone, since they've gone to direct TV or something, they've gone to 13 episode seasons, which is yeah. just like, I, I think the 13 episode season saved television around about the time of the Sopranos. You know what I mean? Like you can do, you can kind of, that's the, the happy point for me between regular series, between sort of, uh, you know, uh, very episodic and um, very serialized, like a mini series or something like that is, yeah, is yeah. 13 episodes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but we were, oh, we were trying to make, we were trying to make a point. Hey, can I ask a question? Just, can sure. I just pivot us back by asking something unrelated? Sure. Do you think Nate is going to be punished for being mm. kind of a class traitor? Um, that's very interesting because this um, is a, this is a social yeah, world yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, expels kind of like white blood cell uh, mm-hmm. style surrounds and expels uh, uh, pathogens right from from the outside. And Nate has by by sort of boning Elizabeth Hur- Hurley in the stairwell, you know, he's kind of signaled that he is. Um, uh, cross the Rubicon of uh, Elizabeth Hurley. I don't know. I'm I'm way into the aerobics of metaphor here. But uh, what, he's uh, he's playing for the wrong team now, right? And and I don't mean that uh, in the sense that he is a gay composite character. I mean that in that he's undermining uh, the order from which he is supposed to to benefit and protect. Um, I mean, I think I would say that he would be punished, except for the fact that that's precisely what he did last season with Juliet as well. Um, and, you know, that he was also her conduit into that world. And she was precisely one of these pathogens uh, that, that entered and caused quite a good deal of trouble for the the better part of the the season um and so and he was not put he 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 emerged from that unscathed um i you know at first best would be for them to kind of you know hark back to oh this is a thing that nate does and it does seem to be this kind of like boundary crossing in ways that are harmful is a thing that nate does um and i don't know that they will like comment on that like but this is how they have used the character of nate i don't know if there's another example other than juliet but this is the second uh, season where almost on the same timing in the arc of the season the same thing is happening 
Um, and uh, so, you know, the irrelevance of Nate is really a very striking feature of Gossip Girl, right? Because yeah. in another show, he's the hero, right? Because he's the jock and he's the good looking one. Yeah. Uh, you know, but this world has has really no use for someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think it's because of the kind of social power that, that is the subject of Gossip Girl. You know what I mean? Th- this, is a, this is a battlefield where uh, – this is a war where it, the battles are fought you know, on the website or in the, the kind of whispered secrets in hallways. You know what I mean? They're not fought on the, the lacrosse field, which is you know, a, a proxy for the field of battle. You know? And it's kind of the, the, yeah. the, the irrelevance of, of Nate is kind of about mm. the irrelevance of um, – of masculinity, right? Of machismo yeah. in the in the modern world. But know? that's that's very interesting. Is that that is actually a fascinating parallel with with Friday Night Lights as well? Um, because I, f- I would feel like in terms of character archetypes, that Jason Street is the analog for Nate in the world of Friday Night Lights. Um, and 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 Friday Night Lights again makes that almost part of its thesis statement in episode one in the pilot by paralyzing. Um, that kind of the the quarterback, the the star quarterback, sure. um, and and, uh, and and really taking him out of the game, and so that um, and and so part of his arc over the course of the seasons that that, that character is on the show is about kind of redefining masculinity, um, and then and then the overall project of the show is also about a really really amazing kind of meditation on the nature of of masculinity and um and 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 also then by you know in some ways you know proxy and and not even just by you know um omission or kind of complementarity uh femininity but i it's by like i mean there is um there's a lot of kind of meditations on gender relations. It's also um, I'm, I'm, st- I'm stretching it kind of uh, college paper style without actually knowing what I'm talking about. Do you think it has something to do with the kind of diminishing role of America on the world stage? Um, Friday Night Lights or well, uh, no, this this idea uh, of these 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 kind of quote unquote uh, yeah, all American masculine characters being either you know being kind of shunted off to the side and their skills not being you know what i mean like in the same way that 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 um uh that downton abbey is about the rise it, one of the things it's about it's about a lot of things but one of the things it's about is is the rise of a professional class mm-hmm. right um uh that is different from the aristocratic you know landed nobility of england um and is actually kind of uh coming in and taking over um the uh you know the rise of the the rise of the dance and the the twilight of the nates right yeah yeah i oh, i think that's very interesting right that nate is and i think that that's um you know that that's very interesting because like in like the so, you know the sociology of new york and i forget if we've talked about this on the show or not that in in new york especially you know hipster is the new mainstream hmm. um and that that it's it, like there is i mean there are like hipsters but they are like the, they're the kind of um you know, they're the, the, the little floatsome that gets kind of pushed out at, like, the far end of, of pop culture, right? So, like, the actual hipsters are, like, you know, not legible as hipsters any longer. Like, and, 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 and you know, th- because the definition, like, the most kind of pure definition of hipster is, like, rebelling against whatever is, like, most cool. So, the, the thing that is, that is, um, that, that is, is 
actual hipsterism looks nothing like what most people would identify as hipsterism. Sure. Um, and 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 I, I really because I it's been a while since I've been to New York. I can't even tell you. I could probably figure it out um, after a couple of weeks there of of kind of participant uh, ethnography. Um, but uh, uh, and uh, man, after uh, you know a, a year of being in a Bostonite, I really need that participant <laughs> ethnography um, quite quite a lot. Um, because I, I now wear North Face jackets and don't even think about it. Oh, um, <laughs> oh. dude, they are really warm, <laughs> and when it <laughs> when it rains, they keep you very dry. Layering a North Face fleece underneath. Oh, a, 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 oh don't say the word fleece to me. Oh God, actually, like having moved out to Los Angeles, fleece has been banished entirely from my uh, from my wardrobe, and I now see what a what a like. You know, I don't know, Land's End, you know what I mean? Like, what a main house husband I was uh, in my habits of dress for all those. Uh, all those well, yeah, when you're into England, you kind of, you, you have to. I mean, it's. Also, it's... wool sweaters. Not a, uh, don't have wool sweaters anymore. How can you go, uh, uh, you know, how can you make a statement without ironic Christmas sweaters? Hey, I want to I wanna, uh, direct our readers' attention to a uh, fun Tumblr. It's called Halloween or Williamsburg. And it's a it's a uh, fi- pictures of people in New York, and you have to uh, guess whether they're dressed up for Halloween or just because they're in Williamsburg. Um, um, Halloween or Williamsburg dot dot com. But I think that's interesting is that Williamsburg is now much more of a center of of gravity, right? That it's not periphery anymore, and I think that that's um, you know in in Gossip Girl. Um, you know, Dan being inside, right? Um, you know, indicates that this, this, you know, the, at some point, and we kind of talked about, I believe it was in season three, this reorientation of the cremaster field of New York, right? Of, of that most of, um, early New York was about focused in the quadrants of like, you know, it was very vertical. It was very much, you know, the axes of that, that was very located on the upper East side. And as the seasons have, have increased, we've moved downtown, you know, Chuck moved West, moved West of central park. And so in these gradually, like, you know, the geographies of how people are at Columbia, as this field expands, um, that, you know, that it, it part also reflects, the um, changing center of gravity of of kind of what is normal, what is mainstream in New York, and that is Williamsburg. That kind of access, you know, basically from the Vany Lafayette Street region out to about Metropolitan Avenue in Williamsburg, um, and then down in both areas, basically to the Brooklyn Bridge and over, right? The, like that, like basically this 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 rectangle that goes from like Union Square to like. Metropolitan Avenue in Williamsburg uh-huh. down to like Park Slope uh-huh. and then over the Brooklyn Bridge all the way to like the Lower East Side. That is the center of New York, um, I would argue. Sure. Um, which is uh, uh, which is interesting because that's like that's very much closer to the historical center of New York than the idea that like Midtown or the Upper East Side. I mean, yeah. Midtown business wise or the Upper East Side socially is the is the center of New York. There's a great um, there's a great scene in Martin Scorsese's. Uh, there's a great establishing shot, I should say, in Martin Scorsese's adaptation of Edith Wharton's novel The Age of Innocence about New York in the late uh, 19th century, where. Um, the uh, the protagonist's mother or grandmother or something, the matriarch of the family, uh, has 
built this house way the hell up in like what will become the 50s, you know, right. uh, right. by uh, near Central Park. And there's this establishing shot of it. And it's this one house surrounded by acres of just dirt. And then, you know, and then Central Park. Right. Because everything, everything is downtown. I mean, New York is downtown. Yeah, yeah, Histori- yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. historically. So it's, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's a kind of uh, reor- reorienting downward. I, I, I bring this up. I'm not sure that this is. Um, this I thought is- you were, what you're talking about uh, uh, when you when you were talking about Scorsese and that period of New York. I thought you were going to go Gangs of New York and uh, say, well, yeah, that's where the action was happening. Because yes, each of the five points is a finger, you see. Um, and when Bill the Butcher closes his hand, it becomes a fist. You may know. <laughs> I, that's a movie I, I that I. That. I, I that's a movie I enjoy talking about a lot more than I enjoyed watching. Um, I think, um, like, I, I don't have many specific memories, but I love, like, you know, talking about elements of that. Um, of, much uh, like of gangs of, 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 gangs New of New York, yeah, like the part gangs where, of New York. The part where Sorry. Leo DiCaprio wakes up after boning Cameron Diaz, and there is Daniel Day Lewis sitting naked, wrapped in the American flag. That part was awesome. <laughs> See, I don't even remember if that happened. Or no, not. no, no, that happened. Um, and he delivers this. He delivers this incredible speech uh, <laughs> to Leonardo DiCaprio right. in bed with his woman, right? Like uh, while wrapped, while the American flag is draped over his shoulders. It's it's astonishing. But yeah, I, so I think that you're right. That and so this, uh, you know, so this overlaps very nicely with the world of um of gossip girl that you know dan being in the sen- dan ascendant and nate declining um is is very very interesting um and this also commented on this kind of question about who is the star of gossip girl is also kind of um reflected on i believe in the last two episodes as well of serena becomes aware that she's not the main character right. that she's not the protagonist um neither in dan's book nor in the show right and that and 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 i think that this reflects something of you know the writers when they started writing gossip girl it, it was meant to be about serena and it became that blair um and especially for a long time blair and chuck were were the major characters right so kind of blair chuck and dan are somehow much more central, and Serena and Nate are are peripheral. Uh, whereas, you know, both socially and kind of in archetype, and then both in um, in the world of the show, were meant to be much more social uh, central than they uh, than they in fact are now. Sure. Do you think there's anything about that? I mean, we've talked a little bit about the cremaster field of New York, Europe. Um, uh, right, like is one of the. But uh, do you think the LA New York thing uh, merits comment? Um, I don't know. They didn't do a lot with LA. They only did one episode in LA, right? Um, well, one and a half. One and a half, right? Like. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I think that. I I think that I wonder if. It, it's very interesting that they do it and then they like just move. They still want to be doing things about the movie industry, but they just do it in New York. Right. Um, and I mean, how big of, I mean, I, this is something I don't know cause I don't know the biz. I mean, um, how big is the kind of, you know, East coast regional office of Los Angeles. That is the movie industry's footprint in New York. It's not trivial. Correct. Like, Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of movie and and TV production in New York, including, um, well, including Gossip Girl and uh, uh, what like The Good Wife for you know top ten shows like The Good Wife, 
um, uh, things like this. The the film industry in New York tends to be a little more artsy, a little more independent films. Like you know, um, uh, I, they talk about Harvey Weinstein, and I think that like Miramax, you know, uh, got its start in New York. Let me fact check that. But uh, yeah, no, the, the the entertainment industry in New York uh, for film and television is non trivial. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, but I guess, so, but I, so there's another question of like, is this idea of, you know, Serena's boss is meant to be this major producer and is like relocating to her company, her production company's New York office. Is that at all realistic or, um, like, are there any kind of major, um, major production companies that have like that would have a major producer be based primarily in New York or is that just a contortion? Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of not how it works. I mean, if you're a, yeah, that's kind of not how it works. If you're an independent producer, you can kind of have your office wherever you want. And if you're making enough money to do that, you know, it, it might not be uncommon to go, to go back and forth. But if you are a, a producer and you're employed by a movie making, um, you know, uh, organization you're probably employed by a studio and the studios are in studios yeah. are in la you know it's uh, right and you might have a they they give what are called overall deals you know where they um you're kind of associated you're sort of affiliated with that studio and they get a, a first look at all your ideas and um you get a you know an office and a receptionist on the lot yeah, I mean, I, I think that that could have been explored more. I mean, I, I think Gossip Girl often misses its opportunities to be um, kind of world-expanding. Um, and it's it's hard. Um, I, I mean, it, it, they couldn't really do that, right? It's not like the Jersey Shore where they, you know, you take the Jersey Shore and you put it in Miami or you put it in uh, Florence, you know, that... Uh, you know, they would want to have to. I mean, I guess this is the thing: is that Gossip Girl has never had to decide who is the main character of Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. right? And 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 so and and by by doing that, they keep everybody together by and large. Um, I mean, they can decide who's not a main character. Jenny's no longer a main character. Vanessa seems to be no longer a main character. She did well. She went. She went wild, and there was nothing to do at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, she yeah. She just she she played her her purpose. Um, uh, but have you heard she, her band's record? By the way, I think it's pretty reckless. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I have not. I have not. It, um, there are worse records. Is all I'm going to say about it. You know, like uh, in that kind of evanescence mold, and I think they're they're uh, opening for evanescence now on tour. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you're doing a great job of making me want to listen to it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, but 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 um, I, I I kind of lost the 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 plot there a little bit. Um, Jenny, oh, the, who is a main character? So I think the problem here is that that makes these kinds of world-changing shifts like very difficult. Um, whereas, like, if there were a defined main character, like it would be possible to move Serena to LA and then ha- move Serena, or maybe like to, like a bare minimum of characters to LA and start to build a world there. Um, or, or like similarly move some people out and leave them in the, the, the upper East side world. I mean, I say this in part because I guess I'm just very taken by the way 
in which Friday Night Lights handled this, and in part did this by having really in, at the heart the main character of the entire series be uh, Coach Taylor and his wife, right? right? So that it's, that it's really about adults, even as much as it's about teenagers, um, and and that the focus stays on them. Um, well, teenagers are only teenagers in the context of adults. You know what I mean? Well, well. Right. Um, That is is to say, if you imagine a kind of pre-industrial society where children, as they grow up, are integrated into a um, multi-generational work group of some kind, right? Like the farm, for example, or the, uh, you know, the cobbler shop, uh, for another example. Um, Being a teenager doesn't... Or the the drug corner. Right. (laughs) Right? Am I right? Uh, Sure. Being a teenager doesn't have really doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of meeting and as soon as you're old enough to work you're you know you get your bar mitzvah or your Maasai circumcision when you're 13 you know yeah. Um, yeah. that's uh, that's that so it, it's only in a in a kind of industrial and post-industrial world of adults uh, that being a teenager um, sort of has any meeting and that's the interesting thing I guess about Friday Night Lights like graduating graduating its class of teenagers I mean look yeah not to get too much into it but you're a teacher right yes. like and you see cohorts of students kind of come through come through and go out and there's there's something uh, you know, I remember when we graduated from college and there was this like, like, now the moment has come, a moment unlike any other uh, that has been in history and any other that will be in history. The moment when we graduate, you know what I mean? Yeah, Never yeah, mind, yeah. 12 months later, the the same ritual is going to, you know, be repeated by, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. another cohort who believes that this moment, uh, their moment is the one that is that is yeah. truly unique yeah. in yeah. Uh, yeah. in all of history. And there there's a... There's there's a kind of some of it is is a little bittersweet because you know um, as a teacher there are students you like and who you think are promising and who do good work and and you know whose work you sort of enjoy. Um, there are also really shitty ones, right? Uh, and uh, sort of that that constant rhythm of of you know forming and then breaking uh, associations is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't know. There's something kind of there's something kind of bittersweet about it, and there's something that, that yeah. it seems like we, yeah. we weren't. Um, uh, there's something in that that it seems like we weren't really designed to do. You know what I mean? Uh, if you, I, I don't mean to get all. No, no. Yeah, you haven't got to. I, I, I reacted verbally because wait till you get, especially till the very end of Friday Night Lights, and it, it does this in a very poignant way. And throughout the the, the last season, especially, um, is is really fascinating stuff. So we'll definitely have to return to it. I mean, I I, I hate to say this, and I'm not going to. We well, maybe we can close on this. Like you know, Glee is out. Friday Night Lights is in, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the 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 things which are uh, the objects of. Our script, yeah, script. let's let's talk a little bit about about what we're gonna do. I Great. mean, like our 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 cognitive agenda was to jump in as quickly as possible, uh, right? Um, with as with as little uh, homosocial banter as possible. But now let's um now let's let's homosocially banter about uh, what what we're gonna do. Sure. I mean, I think that the purpose of this episode was to have us do an episode yeah, because, exactly. as the loyal, loyal listeners know, who've who've still you know not unsubscribed and made it this far. Um, you know that that we've been on long hiatus, um, and and we we come back because we enjoy doing this show. It's, a, uh, it's a, and it was a complex, multi-determined hiatus. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, it just yeah. didn't. 
summer didn't work out for a lot of reasons and and so and then this is how long it's taken us in the but, fall but i think there is something to say that there's also you know even the past frankly year of this podcast has been pretty spotty um and 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 yeah we were much um, better on skins right than we were yeah. on uh than we were on the last season of glee because glee started sucking and it started year three sucking also yeah, yeah, I think there's I think it's that and and I think that there's a combination of that change in quality that we didn't really want to own up to um with then a like scheduling issues that made it hard to record weekly made like it be like okay there's six glee episodes that we need to talk about and we get on and just be like well that well this show's dumb uh, <laughs> and we had several episodes like that shows like that and then several even that, then we kind of like would feel like oh that wasn't a very good episode um and no, uh, we yeah and and that's it's funny like it doesn't um uh, this is going to be a very douchebaggy thing to say, especially since our audience gives their time and attention to us uh, for this show. But, like, they may or may not have been good episodes. We don't know because we can never be the audience of the show. But they didn't feel good to us, right? <laughs> like, and that's that's actually important because that's part of the, you know, that's part of the, that's part of why we incur the opportunity cost of doing this show is that because it, it feels good to do because uh, yeah. we like yeah. the things that we're... Uh, we like the things that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, here's what's good. Gossip Girl seems to be good, so so we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. We're gonna and Gossip Girl is why we got into this game in in the first place. Sure. You know, um, and you know we we did some Gossip Girl episodes even before even a year before. I feel like the first, you know. Um, the real like prolo- uh, prolegomena to any future t- fucking teenagers um, is a special episode of the um, Overthinking It podcast that happened about right. s- sometime in 2008, if I'm not. It was, it was like around uh, you know September to October uh, 2008, right? Um, in which we did a, 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 a an Overthinking It podcast special episode about Gossip Girl, um, and then about a year later we started. Um, this this podcast um, and and Gossip Girl was really the mission statement um, and then in that first season was was Glee's first season and we were kind of compelled to start talking about it um, you know the first several episodes had things that were interesting yeah um, I think that's the other thing is that even apart from enjoyment of a show there's also I mean part of when why we we have this podcast is not just that we enjoy these shows but it's that we find them interesting that there, there, there's something there that we that we see and we say i want to talk about that like you know not and not just like omg like dorota is so devoted to blair um, but, <laughs> but which is true is very a very good point um but there's you um, know there there's more to it than that for us at least well, it's just, it's just, I mean, that the, the things that we want to talk about are, it resonates with, with different things. And, and for whatever reasons, and I, I don't bear Glee any ill will, and I don't bear those who are still very devoted to Glee any ill will, but it stopped resonating um, in, in ways that, that, I, that sadden me. Um, but Gossip Girl is continuing to resonate. And I think, um, as, as we said, I started watching um friday night lights over over the end of the summer and that has resonated majorly and it is really i th- i'd like to 
um, attempt to add that as a as a um, area of, of, of inquiry um, as as Matt's also working his way through it. Yeah, I'd like, uh-huh. yeah, I'd like to have a reason, and we'd probably uh, the the previous the uh, seasons that exist in their entirety are now on Netflix, so you can get them on instant streaming. So yep. we'd probably go through in some. We'd probably warn you that the next one will be about episodes something through something yeah, on Friday yeah. Night Lights. The, yeah. You know, another thing we could talk about is Downton Abbey, uh, you know, at some point if the shows, if these shows sure. go on, go yeah. on like winter hiatus or something like that. And we're also... We're, well, are there, are there teenagers on Downton Abbey or, or do we just yeah, want to... Yeah, of like... course there are teenagers on Downton Abbey. I mean, half the below stairs staff is a teenager. The, the girl who becomes a secretary at the end of season one is a teenager. The kitchen maid who, who helps the blind cook is a teenager, right? Like, um, uh... All, uh, all that stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, and then and then we had another idea, which was that we want to do actually prolegomena to any future fucking teenagers, um, where we do uh, where we and Stokes uh, do uh, kind of in- introduce articles, scholarly articles from our ref- uh, respective fields that we think bear on. The subjects that we're uh, that we talk about on this podcast, and so we we distribute those, um, and uh, we distribute those, and then do a show where we kind of have a little seminar about about the article, because uh, that's the other thing that we're we we sort of bring in um, scholarly material. Uh, but never, never in the original. Anyway, so that's that's kind of yeah. what you can expect. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what you can expect from us going forward. Yeah. So if yeah. you want to, um, uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can always email us at TFT Podcast. Follow us on the Twitters at uh, twittercom TFT Podcast. Uh, join the conversation in the um, oh, you can uh, twenty fat jog zero one if you want to text us or uh, uh, leave a voicemail. It's two zero three two eight five six four zero one, and uh, we may be down glee. Uh, but we're not down scholarly discourse. We're not no. down homosocial banter. We no. are not down boning in the stairwell. We are no. not down, a, a, you know, a kind of uh, friendly rivalry. And we are no. certainly not down these, these fucking, fucking teenagers. Teenagers. <laughs>